Hola, and welcome to the Beauteous Me podcast, a relatable and authentic space for all. Every week we hop on a roller coaster, share laughter and tears on topics we might be ashamed to discuss. We do this all while finding its inner beauty. My name is Jamili Whitfield, and the journey begins now. Thank you guys for tuning in. I am really excited to have a great guest today, uh, Marissa Ferreira. Marissa is the author of the number one international best-selling book called Magnify Your Magnificence, Your Pathway to the Life and Relationship You Truly Desire. Her passion and mission is to empower men and women to create healthy, loving boundaries with their family so they can stand in their power. She shows them how to transform conflict into opportunities to heal and create deeper and more meaningful relationships. Marissa, welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here. And I had a chance to go through your website and look at your book, um, the snippet that you have on your, on your website and what really captured me and what we want to kind of talk about today is boundaries in families. And I think that a lot of people struggle with that because it's family. It's like, how dare you set boundaries? How dare you tell someone no, or you don't do something or you don't overexhaust yourself for your family. So tell us a bit about your mission with this, with boundaries and families and how that came about. I'm so interested to hear that. <laughs> well, like you said, we do tend to have the, the hardest time creating boundaries with our family. Some people have difficulty in other relationships as well, whether it's at work or, or with friends, but family seems to be the toughest. And a lot of reason for that is because of the interpretation that family members have. And, you know, we're afraid of being rejected. We're afraid of being criticized. And, and worst of all, um, you know, if they abandon us yes. because of our, you know, saying no to them. But the way that came about for me, I, I grew up in an Italian home. Um, my parents were immigrants from Italy. I'm first-generation Canadian. And they brought some of the old ways with them, too, to the new country. Oh. Even, uh, even though Italy evolved, um, they didn't evolve mm-hmm. because they weren't there. So they just kind of got stuck in this old way. And, and you know, we were brought up in a very strict uh, environment. My father, although I know he loved us, he was, you know, very abusive emotionally mm-hmm. and, and physically. And, you know, as a child, um, I didn't dare speak up. I had no voice because it, it just wasn't a safe space to really express myself and my opinions. So I really shut down. And, and what I discovered over the years was, you know, by shutting down, I not only, you know, blocked pain from entering my body, but I also disconnected myself from the possibility of experiencing loss. And that really scared me. So that's when I, I started on a journey to, to heal myself and, and to move in the direction of, of, you know, speaking up and learning how to speak up with more confidence. And I don't know how, how much of my story you want me to No, I want, no, I want you to keep on because I think it's important to kind of talk about that. And, and you touched on something important, culture. Culture, yeah. um, depending what culture you are a part of um, and subcultures, yeah. you standing up to a man, it's like, and especially your father, the head figure of the household, um, in the Italian culture, the Latino culture, where it's like, they're the breadwinner. You are to be submissive to them. Your, your dad, your brother, whatever says, run, jump, run, jump. And so, um, 
I think it's fascinating that you are able to kind of share some of that. And if you want to continue to share, that's absolutely fine before we kind of really get into the nitty gritty boundary stuff. But I think it's important so that people can make that connection. Yes, yes. Well, you know, something that I share um, more now than before, because it's not something that's easy to share, is that I was actually terrified of my father growing up because, you know, not only was he a man, he was a very big man. He was a construction worker, six <laughs> feet tall, and, you know, very heavy set and very intimidating. And so, and because of my intense fear as a young child, I actually prayed at night that he would die. Wow. And I know that sounds really horrible, but if you think of a little girl, you know, hearing your parent, my father arguing with my mother, like I'd be awakened in the night and I'd hear, you know, the argument and, and I was afraid for my mother. I didn't know, you know, when I woke up, was she going to be dead or alive? You yeah. know, like, and, and I knew that. That's true father, fear. That's yeah, true he fear. Didn't, he didn't know how to deal with his anger mm -hmm. and his rage. Um, like I, you know, I said to people, you know, my, it's kind of ironic that my father would 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 have died for me, but he also would have killed me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they love your family, but because he was dealing with his own baggage and whatever, you know, exactly. his childhood experiences as well, of course. Yes, and he didn't know any better, right? Yeah. And I think he was just really afraid um, that we would, you know, like he had three daughters, and he, uh, I think he was just afraid, you know, being in in Canada and things were very different in Italy. He found, you know, people were a little looser and stuff. So I think he was afraid we're going to come home pregnant or we're going to end up as drug addicts or something. Mm -hmm. So I think he was even more firm to just make sure that we stayed on the straight and narrow path. Right. So, so, but I went from that to after going through my own healing journey over many years. <laughs> I mean, it takes years to undo a lot of that it and does, to really understand does. and forgive and, you know, yeah. and, and heal. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I went to counseling for years because to do it on your own is almost impossible. Right. Because it's just really, it's delicate, let's mm -hmm. put it that way. And sometimes you need the hand-holding. So, but I went, like I said, from, you know, praying that my father would die to, um, really connecting with a deep love for him, a total forgiveness and a deep love. And I was able to come to that place years before he passed away. He, wow. he passed away in 2015, and I was able to spend his last couple of months caring for him. He was diagnosed with a terminal uh, illness, cancer, of a very rare kind. But And you so became his caregiver. Yeah. Wow. I mean, my mom was there, too. Right. She was just so afraid of doing things. Like, you know, we had to give him morphine. And it wasn't, like, injections, but she was just terrified of, you know, the wrong amount and all that. So I was just kind of handling things and keeping track of notes for the nurses mm -hmm. and stuff. But the wonderful thing was that I was doing it from a place of love, not from obligation or feeling like I had to do this because I was his daughter and that's what, you know, good girls do. Which it would have been the case had it been years earlier. Right, before. right. You know, I would have probably still done it, but maybe with some resentment. Right. I had already moved abroad at that point. I was already living in Colombia uh, when we got the news. And my husband and I literally packed everything up within a week to go back to Canada. Um, and I didn't know for how long because I didn't know how long my father would be ill. But, um, yeah, I made that decision from my heart, not from, oh, my God, I better do this or I'll be disowned, you know? Right. <laughs> so, so, so that's what, why I'm so passionate now in helping people with families is because I know families 
I mean, even when we think we hate our families, mm-hmm. the hate is coming from pain. Hate. Thank you for saying that. Yes, hate right? is coming from pain. Yeah. It's unresolved pain. Them, but, but it's easier to hate them than to try to love them and keep getting hurt by them over and over and over again. But when we can learn to be empowered ourselves and come from a loving place, the whole family dynamic can change. It can shift. So... I think you said something that, and thank you for being so vulnerable and sharing your story because I don't think a lot of people would be as honest and, and vulnerable to kind of say that because it's, it's your father, um, it's, your, it's your parent. And so thank you. Thank you for being vulnerable and putting that out there in, in this space. Um, so I think something that really captured me was your healing journey mm-hmm. and how... Um, how your healing journey kind of got you here. So I guess twofold. Um, can you tell me a little bit about your healing journey and then your, your work with setting boundaries and that you're doing? Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, I first started really in my early twenties mm-hmm. after I had left home and I was, um, actually, you know, I had gone to college and I had a job and I was living with a couple of roommates and I actually did go to see a counselor, um, I wasn't even sure why. I just knew that I had a lot of pain from my past and I just wanted to get on the road to some kind of recovery because I had very low self-esteem and Mm -hmm. and no self-confidence whatsoever. Um, And one question she asked me in the very first time that I met with her, she said, so how do you feel about your roommate? Mm. And and I was just like a deer in headlights. I had no idea. Like, what am I supposed to say? (laughs) kind of response. I was like, I'm like, I don't know. And she's like, well, you know, if you're, if you're home and they've been out and they come back, I'm like, how do you feel? And I was like completely numb. Yeah. And that scared the hell out of me because I thought, oh, my God, I have no feelings. <laughs> like, like, you know, and I thought, I don't want to live the rest of my life like this. So she helped me get more connected with, with my feelings. Mm. And, and I had no, no idea what I liked or didn't like either because when you're brought up without – being able to have an opinion on it. Right, I have a voice. It's like, I don't know. Yeah. You know, like if I were to go buy furniture, it would be like, I don't know, do I like this couch or that couch? I mean, something very basic. Yeah. Right? And, and even going, but just to give you, I just had this thought of a memory that was even when I was in college and I had a roommate for the first time, just to show you how bad my confidence was. I remember we got an apartment together and she, um, I was filling up the salt shaker and pepper shaker, right? And I went up to this roommate of mine and I held up the, the salt shaker and I said, is this enough salt Wow. in the, bo- in the bottle? And she looked at me like I was out of <laughs> Like, okay. I was 18 years old, okay? And she's looking at me going like, what difference does it make? <laughs> but, you know, for me... If I didn't put the exact right amount of salt in that salt shaker, then you got a talking. (laughs) It was like there was hell to pay. So I was just so, I ended up with OCD, (laughs) perfectionism. So go figure, right? So I still am dealing with that, but I'm so much better. Yeah. But but it's it's step by step and starting to really be willing to look at what really went on and really connect with it. And, mm-hmm. and that was something I was really afraid to do by myself because my biggest fear was that I would connect with such deep pain that I would become a complete basket case and they'd have to hospitalize me in the psych ward. I mean, I really, really believe that. And that's a I true thought, fear. That's a, that's yeah. a, a true fear. Sure. Cause I thought I'm functioning at least, <laughs> <laughs> I can, you know, I can go to work. 
work, I can make money, I can take care of myself, but if I get stuck in that place, then what am I going to do? Like, I'll lose my job, I'll, I'll, I'll be on the streets, or I'll be in the hospital. Right. That's why, I, what, that was my biggest, biggest fear, but I realized that, you know, you don't need to get stuck there. Mm -hmm. You just need to be guided <laughs> so that you can feel the feelings, because that's another thing, right? A lot of times we stuff the feelings down, like I had for many, many years. Because Stuffed in a tight can of tuna. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and they don't go away. Mm -hmm. What happens is they, they show up in different parts of our lives, like in unconscious ways. We don't even know yeah. that things that are happening to us are because of the feelings we stuff down. So it's really important to give yourself space to really feel them deeply, but don't get stuck in them. Yes. Right, that's where people can go into depression and all that stuff, and a lot of anxiety. So, so you just—it's—it's it's a delicate balance again, right? You, you want to go there so that you can heal from it, you can forgive whoever was involved, and and forgiveness is a whole other topic. Oh yeah, an hour on <laughs> hours, yeah. There's so much wrapped up around forgiveness yeah. and layering like, with it. Yeah. yeah, people think forgiving means you're condoning behaviors, and you're not. You're not. Uh, but it's really, really important to get to that place of forgiveness for yourself. Mm -hmm. That's what it says. It frees you. It liberates you. Yes. And, and it doesn't mean you have to be in relationship, you know, with the other person. In my case, I was able to heal my relationship with my father, create boundaries with him, and, and you know, just completely shift that dynamic with him when I was around him. But if that's not possible for some people, sometimes the healthy choice is to create separation until you can be with somebody and stay in your boundaries. So when did you start um, this boundaries journey? When did you say, aha, this is, <laughs> I have to set boundaries. I, and, and I'm motivated and passionate about teaching others and how to set boundaries. Well, you know, it's interesting because when I first started doing it, I didn't even know I was doing it. Mm. Like I wouldn't, I didn't actually make a conscious decision. Like I'm going to start to set boundaries. Um, I, I don't even know if that was a term back then, <laughs> you know, years ago now, right? Yeah. A long time ago. Um, but I just knew that it wasn't okay for me to be, feel so vulnerable and feel so scared all the time, you know? And, mm -hmm. and I was avoiding going home. Like once I left home, I just never wanted to go back to visit because it was like, I didn't want to have to deal with it. Yeah. So, you know, that's another thing we do. We're just... Oh, I'm busy, you know, too much schoolwork when I was in school. Yeah. That was my excuse to not go home. You know, everyone else was homesick and going home for the weekends and telling my parents, oh, I've just got so much studying to do and they wanted me to do well. So, you know, I was able to Of course, there. and they were like, and, oh, yeah, child, just, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. But Marisa, you know, stay back. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a slow process for me. And like I said, I just kind of did it over the years. But I realized, I think when I first decided to do this actually as you know, to help other people. Mm -hmm. like I've been helping people for years in terms of coaching and mentoring around relationships, but the whole boundary one really came about about a year ago. I, I did a Facebook challenge on boundaries and people got a lot of value out of it. And then what came out of that was this, the whole, um, where people told me the biggest problem was with family. Yeah. Well, maybe that's where we need to really start because if you can heal the, the, the relationships with your family, then it's going to extend to all your relationships because that's the hardest. It is. It is the hardest. So can you give us some tips and pointers, um, maybe just five on how we set boundaries with families and how do we start? How do we start? You know, like, cause I'm sitting here and I'm thinking and I'm like, you know, I, I've, 
you have your friends who are just like, no, my mom is this, or my dad is this, or my sibling is this, and you know, holidays, I hate the holidays, or I hate this, or I hate functions, or oh, let me just get ready to meet up with my family. And um, I think people are avoidant of setting healthy boundaries and scared of the repercussions of it. So yeah. It's true. Yeah. And, and this is the thing that some people don't want to hear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Start with the don't want to hear. I do have a free guide that I offer people on, on how to have difficult, how to say no to family members. And, and I've got scripts in there on how you can say no yeah. to a loving place, you know, with these difficult uh, family conversations. And there are like seven different scenarios in there. And the guide is the place start I mean it gives you because sometimes like a lot of my clients are like I don't know what to say I don't know how to say it mm-hmm. so that's why they created the guide the only thing is the guide is great it, it, it certainly can help people but the problem is unless people are willing to actually uncover their wounds and heal from them first they might use one of those scripts that I share with them and, and try to stand in their power and, and express their no from a loving authentic place but then when they get charge that from the family member who's not going to take no for an answer they fall (laughs) they fall right back because they don't they haven't got the strength yet Mm -hmm. in in your power and 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 you have to do the healing first yes and i'd like to share another story with you because it just came to my mind absolutely really illustrates what i what i just said Mm -hmm. because like i said i started doing all this healing work on my own it had nothing to do with talking with my father or doing any of that stuff because i knew i had to do this within myself right but I knew I really knew I had come to a very solid place of being able to stand in my car and unfortunately I was like in my early 40s I hate to say that but it does take time the healing takes um, time and to undo things it takes time exactly yeah I was in my early 40s and um I had been married before and divorced and I was in a new relationship and my partner and I wanted to have a ceremony to commemorate our commitment to each other, but we didn't want a legal marriage, a legal mm-hmm. wedding. We've both been married, and we're like, what is the point of it? Like, it didn't <laughs> have any meaning to us at that time. So we're like, but we wanted to have a party and celebrate our love for each other. So I was telling my parents about this, and my father was not a happy answer. Mm. Okay? This was not something he wanted to hear. Because, again, the old traditional way, I mean, you're supposed to get married, right? Married and you stay um, in it, yes. in it, in it. <laughs> well, actually, he was pretty good about that because I, I didn't stay in a past. So that's a whole mm-hmm. other story. But around this one, he was not happy about this and he didn't hold back. He was, he, he was kind of ripping me up one side and down, going up one side of me and down the other and really verbally being really nasty. Mm. Um, but as he was doing this, because I had done the healing work that I had done, I started in my 20s, we're talking 20 years now at that point, I was able to see what was going on for him. Mm. And I thought, he just sees me as this little girl who might be making a big mistake because if I don't get married, I don't have the protection, and what if this guy leaves me and I'll be on the street? I could just imagine what was going on in his mind, right? right. So as he's lashing out at me, I was standing in my power energetically mm-hmm. and I was sending him energetic vibes and messages of love mm. I was actually then saying in my mind it's okay dad everything's good I'm gonna be fine I love you I know that you're scared and I'm just kind of repeating this stuff over and over again and over again 
And then at one point he says, I don't want to hurt you, but, and I interrupted him, I said, it's okay, Dad, you can't hurt me. Because I knew he couldn't hurt me anymore. His right. words did not hurt me anymore because I really realized that it had nothing to do with me. With his wow. own pains, his own fears, everything he was projecting onto me. And I was able to stand in my power and not break down or start bawling. And he was telling me he wasn't going to come to the ceremony. And I said, that's totally okay, Dad. I respect your decision. You need to do what's right for you. And I'm going to do what's right for me. Wow. And it was said in a very loving, calm way. There was no anger, no upset. Oh, that's now, my beautiful partner, healing. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I wasn't scared. But my partner told me later he'd never seen my father like that. He oh. heard stories about yeah. my father. <laughs> Okay, but my dad never acted that way in front of people. Mm -hmm. You know, people like to look good, right? Right. But he'd never seen him like that. So he told me later, he said, wow. He said, I thought, he said, I was on the edge of my seat. I thought I was going to have to physically protect you. My partner (laughs) is half the size of my father. Yeah. And he's like, my dad was one swoop to death. Right. (laughs) But I told him, I said, you know what? I wasn't afraid at all. Like, I had absolutely zero fear. But in that moment, I really got wow wow like your story is just wow that i mean that's all i can say for you to just sit there and i'm thinking of all the work that you've done all these years and for you to just give love and not feel triggered by what he was saying not letting ego get the best of you um and not letting it trigger whatever old feelings harbored Mm -hmm. feelings the fact that you were able to do that and to send love to him and to remain calm that is beautiful work that you've done. And that's, that's what I think a lot of people, um, want to achieve and it takes years. And I'm thankful that you're saying that it's taken years because it's not from one day to another that you're meditating, you're praying, you're, Mm -hmm. you're doing this and you're trying to set boundaries. You know, it takes cycles and cycles and cycles and cycles of repetitiveness, right? Um, where you're able to kind of let go of some of that stuff, um, in order to be in your seat. So that, that to me is impacting. And I'm just like here smiling because it's, it's true work. It is true work. It is, but what's the alternative? Like some people say, oh, it's too much work, but what's the alternative? What, what is it? Resentment? Right. You know, with pain and suffering when you can really heal and have such joyful times, then why wait till, till they're gone? Right. And so then, and then that's the work, right? Then that's the work. That's really the guilt work. I should have yeah. forgave them. Yeah. I should have done this. I feel guilty. I was a bad child. And then you start in, in interpreting some of the things. And so you're right. Do the work no matter how many years it takes to get there. But do it because at the end, the results are beautiful. And that was beautiful for you to even have that and for your dad to kind of simmer down and be like, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it doesn't, ha- I mean, it doesn't have to take 20 years to mm-hmm. get results. Right. Because it, it doesn't take 20 years to get started and to get results because you can do it actually quickly if, if you have the tools and mm-hmm. strategies. But what you need to understand, you mentioned something really important about triggers, and that's a lot of the work that I do is helping my clients look at their triggers because to me, I one of the, my famous lines is uh, conflict is a gateway to healing yes. and to creating deeper connections with the people you care about. Because when you start to recognize what your triggers are, that's the clue. That yeah. shows you the pathway to what needs to still be healed. Mm-hmm. And once you heal that, now you're going to be closer connected to the person that triggered you. So triggers can actually be a gift if you're willing to look at them that way. You look at them differently. So you said two important things, which was start the work within yourself before you start setting the boundaries 
and start looking at the triggers. What else can people do to kind of start um, setting boundaries? And definitely look at the script because it's, I think it's sure. important for those who are afraid to even have the conversation. We could give tools and then they'll be like, but I don't know how to yeah. start. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and you don't have to wait till you've done the healing mm -hmm. to start setting any boundaries. You can start with simple boundaries, mm. right? Because sometimes, you know, even, you know, if somebody invites you over to go for a coffee or something, like, and you can start with friends. Like if you're having difficulty saying no to, to family, then start with people that are, are not as close to you. Because you can practice with them and you, you won't be as concerned if they get upset or if they reject you or whatever. So practice, you know, with people where it's a little easier to say, no, thank you. No, you know, they invite you to something and you don't want to go, uh, you know, don't, like in the past, you might have gone out of obligation. So I just wanted to be clear. You don't have to be completely healed before you set boundaries. Just start with something, something Small. simple. Yeah. And the other tip was to, to look at your triggers because those are great clues for you mm -hmm. uh, to be able to see what still needs to be healed. And also to really be compassionate and loving with yourself as you go through this, because mm. it's not an easy journey to take. And if you're willing to do it, acknowledge yourself and congratulate yourself for actually doing it and celebrate that instead of when you might think you've messed up. Yes. Because you're going to mess up. We all mess oh, up. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, and it's, and when, when you love or when it's with certain family members that you love them, but, you know, you have to set strict boundaries, it's, it's hard. I, like, I know... My mom has a way that she can get her kids to move, you know? Yeah. And so, um, you know, it'll be like, oh, this stress is going on and I have so much on my plate and this and this. It's just like, mom, just ask, what, what, what did you need us to do? Um, but it, it'll also be things that'll tie you in. You know, for example, um, my... My mom is very Catholic. My parents are both very Catholic. And so there's a church four hours away. Okay. Four hours away. So I'm two hours from my brother and my brother's two hours from the church. So she's like, oh, let's go up to your brother's house. We can drive over there and then we can drive. I'm like, mom, I don't do four hour drives. I will do a two hour drive, but I don't do four hour drives. And then to do another four hours to come home, drop you off. I don't do it. Oh, but it's to go visit this saint and this and this, and then we'll yeah. start and oh, and this, and, and I've had to remain firm and just say, yeah. mom, I don't drive four hours. Well, then take me to your brother's. And then it's like, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. she'll find a way to loop it. And I have to continue to say, no, mom, I'm not going to go over there. And it's like that guiltness and, and setting yeah. the boundaries. It took a long time. Cause then if I did something, I did it with resentment and yeah. I did it out of, frustration or obligation or whatever yeah. so now in setting boundaries i'm doing things when i want to do it exactly. um but it's it's hard especially when it's your parents and it's like the yeah, guilt yeah. oh and we gotta go pray <laughs> so yeah, it's like mom you can, no you can have empathy and you can say you know i'm really sorry you feel that way yeah. like you could just keep saying yeah. no. stop bugging me already i already said no a hundred times you, you know because again if you can just let them talk and be amused by it. Just recognize that they're just playing their little game. They, oh, they are. She knows. That's what I'm like. Mom knows how to wrap her kids. She does. Oh my God, it does. How many years have they had practice with this? Oh, my goodness. It's and it years. And, and one thing, this is another thing that's important to, to understand. When you start to create boundaries, oftentimes the people's demands or their insistence gets a little stronger yeah. than it was in the past. When mm. you start to say no, it's kind of like pushing the envelope. Well, it's, it's, it's because it's what they did before isn't working, so mm. they up the ante, right? Mm. 
right? And it's kind of like I used to work with children, and I would have, like, I worked with preschoolers, yeah. and sometimes some of them had temper tantrums, and their parents didn't know what to do. So mm-hmm. I would coach them on how to set boundaries for yeah. all their kids' temper tantrums. <laughs> I didn't call it boundaries at the time. But I would say to them, okay, they're used to you giving in when they start throwing themselves on the floor and kicking and screaming. So I said, I'm going to tell you something. When you start to say no, expect the tantrums to get, to get worse. worse, a lot worse, <laughs> to get better. I said, you've got to hang in there. Mm. Because if you give in when they up the ante, now the next time you try to say no, it goes up it's going to be more. even higher. Yes. Right? So, so, so if you know that's going to happen, you can kind of chuckle inside when it happens. You go, I knew that was going to happen. Instead of getting up. <laughs> I just kind of see it as the game that it is and just recognize they're doing the best they can. Whoever's trying to manipulate you, they're just trying to get what they want. Not because they don't care about you. They just want what they want. So that's another thing that tip that I share a lot. Yeah. Just recognize that everybody, <laughs> Every, no the kids show up in your life is doing the best they can with the tools that they have, with their own level of awareness or consciousness. They are really doing their best. And you said something important with love, like just sending yeah. love, just sending yeah. love. Yeah. And I think you, you using the temper tantrum thing, it's like, you know, it, that's where it kind of begins from childhood, up in the ante, up in the ante. So we look at the cycle of life and how that goes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's where we are and how we have to set firm boundaries. Um, Marisa, so can you let us know where listeners can find you, um, where we can, I know, I know you have the, um, the guidebook online, but where can they find you, um, and, and follow you and, and really trying to get more information on setting boundaries with families? Sure. Well, they can go to my website, magnifyyourmagnificence.com. Um, and they can also, I am on Facebook if they look me up. I actually have a Facebook group called Magnify Your Magnificence. So if they look for that, they can certainly um, request to join that group. It's free. Um, also, if they want to just uh, hop on a call with me and, you know, see if we might be able to uncover something about what's going on for them, <laughs> if they're looking for some support, they can just go to talkwithmarisa.com. And that's Marisa with one S. A lot of people put too. Yes. And they'll go to my online calendar so they can also uh, book a time to, to chat with me complimentary as well. So, Marisa, what is one thing you want to leave the listeners? The main thing I want to leave is it's worth taking the journey mm-hmm. because it not only improves your relationship with your family, but it improves your relationship with yourself and it opens up all kinds of amazing doors in your life. That's great. Marisa, thank you so much. This conversation was so refreshing and enlightening. And now I'm sitting back, you know, taking my notes, sending boundaries. <laughs> I'm like, I've been doing the work, but it, it, you know, it's hard when it comes to families. And so I'm so grateful that you spent this time here and that you were vulnerable and shared your story and your experience, because I think that's the important part that listeners need is to hear an authentic story, an authentic voice and how you've overcome this with your family and, and where you are in your journey. So I'm so grateful, um, to have spent this time with you and thank you so much for being on the beauty is me podcast. It was my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Beauteous Me podcast. Please be sure to download new episodes every week and send us your girl, what were you thinking or asking for friend stories to info at imbeauteousme.com. All entries remain anonymous. Also, don't, 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 don't forget to rate, review, and hit the subscribe button now.